All right, welcome back to the Game Link Podcast. I'm your host, Levy, and as always, this is my friend, Elmer. Hadley ho Listenerinos. <laughs> Listen, Listenerinos. <laughs> That's awesome. Can anybody tell that I'm not a smidge of Italian? <laughs> um, today, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil from 2002. Um. It's a really interesting film. Um, before we get into that and the game and everything, uh, how was your uh, week, Elmer? What were you up to? Living hell, to tell you the truth. Oh, um, everything from issues with vehicles to just never-ending conga line of dumbasses at work uh, to waiting on things to arrive, <laughs> you know, cleaning the house yesterday for my, the entirety of my day off, you know, just... Just your standard Just average adulthood January shit whole <laughs> So you know what? So far so good. Well you? that's good. Uh let's see. Um Tuesday night, uh my bedroom flooded, which was super fun. Um it was like, like water was like coming out of our light sockets like they were faucets. It was crazy. Uh so our mattress is ruined. And we are testing for black mold and all that stuff. It's going to be an interesting week for me. Um, but apart from that, let's see. Um, I watched, uh, rewatched the original Jurassic Park, and um, I rewatched Basketball, the Matt Stone and Trey Parker movie. Both are so good. I as well rewatched Basketball this past week. Uh, we neither of us knew the other one was going to be watching <laughs> yeah. it, but yeah, we both rewatched it and both of us really liked it. And then uh, Levy was surprised to find out that um, Trey Parker did not actually direct that film compared to just about every other film that he wrote. Yeah. No, instead, it was a member of the Zucker Brothers, uh, the guys who did Airplane and the Naked Gun films <laughs> of all things. It's like. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it makes right. sense thinking about it in retrospect, but um, yeah, I also watched, uh, what was that called? Dark Shadows, the Johnny Depp movie. Oh, yep, the Tim Burton one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, from 2012, where Johnny Depp plays a vampire, and it is so charming and really good. I mean, the end is kind of ridiculous. I'm not going to give out any spoilers, but um, I really like that movie. I can't believe I hadn't seen it before. And then... Uh... Me and my girlfriend, Archangel, this week, uh, we decided to bite the bullet and finally watch Marvel's The Eternals. Oh, boy. I have never gone into a movie before just so completely uninterested in the film itself. <laughs> and then to have that expectation matched perfectly, <laughs> I had to fight myself the will to watch it. It was so unbelievably uninteresting and boring. <laughs> I ain't kidding. I that yeah, that hurt. It I know exactly <laughs> what happened in that movie and I still had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah, I I'm not like a, a Marvel or DC fan to begin with, so I I'm, I'm glad I already don't have any interest in it. But uh the only yeah. two the only thing worth noting of that film is that Kumal Nanjiani got like super buff for it. <laughs> that's and, interesting and then of all things they put him in a bollywood musical number halfway through what? the film and you understand why that makes no sense on one particular level right why is that kumal is not indian 
which is what Bollywood is. Yeah. Kumal was Pakistani. Yeah. Well, that's it's like making a that's <laughs> like making a Broadway joke about someone from Canada. <laughs> uh yeah. I'm I'm glad I'm not gonna gonna be watching that. But um Yeah, so it's been an interesting week. Uh we still need to decide what we're, what we're watching next week, but I'm sure we'll come to that conclusion later. Oh, hi, honey. It's the dog. It's Bella. Uh, yes, for all you buddy. audio listeners, <laughs> uh, my dog is um, giving Eating my some, face. <laughs> yeah, giving some kisses. Come on. Bella, come on. Listen Before up. she decides to take a sample of my tonsils, <laughs> I'm just going to keep my mouth shut here again. Alright, uh, sit. Okay, there she's just trying to uh, make sit. sure I didn't miss anything with the Q-tip this morning. Okay, come on, buddy. <laughs> and I swear, I swear uh, to our listening audience, that was not a pap smear joke. <laughs> Alright, well, she's cozy, so we can continue. Um, Alright, let's start talking about Resident Evil. I'm going to crack a cold one here. Oh, there we go. Cracking up on a boy with a cold one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Resident Evil, it's a series that I've... Um, I've tried to play like multiple times. Uh, it just never really like grabbed me though. A, a lot like some of these other video game franchises we've talked about. Um, like I, I've, I even own some Resident Evil games, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just like the the puzzle mechanics and stuff from the earlier games, and like the camera angles that rub me the wrong way but i've just never been able to get into the series ever since um and i think also i'm just kind of like burned out on like shooters and zombie games to begin with so um yeah hard to believe in a universe where the walking dead has been going on for 11 seasons in counting with spin-offs that we could be burnt out by zombies at any point. <laughs> yeah. And considering that the show aired in 2010 when this movie premiered in 2002 and supposedly <laughs> kicked off the new renaissance of the zombie film. Yeah, it's crazy to think that we're burnt out on zombies 20 years <laughs> later. Yeah. I mean, I've played I've played like parts of each game or most of the games at least, but I mean, yeah, like it's just I don't know. Maybe if I if I grew up playing them, I never really played them when I was a kid. Maybe it would be different if I if I grew up with it. But yeah, I kind of came to it after the whole zombie craze. So I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, well, either it makes, way, I was gonna say it makes me feel good knowing I helped you at least get into some part of the zombie craze. <laughs> I know for a fact that wouldn't have happened without my intervention. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I I don't think I've told this story on on here where was it 2010? Was that zombie pup or that zombie crawl? World's largest zombie walk. He came and visited me out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was going to school out there. Uh he came in with uh, two other friends of ours where we went to the world's largest zombie walk. We're in the middle of Pittsburgh Square. What was it? 3200 or something like that? Yeah, it was like it was just under 4,000 people, all dressed as zombies. Um, Milling around. Let's put it this way. The end of The Dark Knight Rises, where Batman fights Bane on the steps of what looks like to be like Gotham City Hall. No, no, that's actually the steps of the first bank of P Pittsburgh. <laughs> and me and six to 
eight other people dressed as survivors, but I had zombie makeup on underneath the balaclava I was wearing as a joke. Um, we stood our ground as uh, nearly 4,000 zombies were walking towards us down that exact stretch of steps. It's just like, mother, as you just see <laughs> coming towards you. And it echoes, so... Yeah, no, it's kind of... It, it, you've actually experienced a zombie apocalypse in real life like that, you realize, oh, this would be scary. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. And I mean, it was like mid-2010, which was like when the zombie craze was like probably probably the highest. Probably the highest. Yeah, and um, like the Devil Wears Prada zombie EP had just come out, which is still one of my favorite metal albums of all time. I thought you were about to say the Devil Wears Prada um, DLC came out. <laughs> I was going to go... Okay, one, they made a Devil Wears Prada video game, and two, they made a Devil Wears Prada DLC, DLC. for it, and three, they made a zombie DLC for that, uh, what's her name? Um, I forget her name, shit. Never mind, bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> no, but Meryl yeah. Meryl Streep was... movie, I was going to say, they made a video game based on that shitty Meryl Streep movie? God, I, I'm so glad they haven't. But yeah, uh, so zombies... Um... We we have some experience with them anyway. <laughs> but what's the best part of that story? Because I've said for years that Levy here cannot go anywhere oh, yeah. in the world without bumping into at least one person he knows. And it's true because I'm we're from Minnesota originally. I drove to Pennsylvania to visit Elmer here, and in the middle of the zombie walk in a crowd of four thousand people. I turn around and I see my sister's um, friend from college. I'm like, Ian? <laughs> and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> Mind you, he is dolled up. The joke was supposed to be that he was a baby zombie riding the back of another zombie, but the makeup kind of failed because I was a poor college student going through vodka withdrawals at the time. <laughs> at the same time, I mean, it was a cute joke to begin with. But yeah, so... Just imagine shitty gray zombie makeup on his face, a, a uh, zombie head duct taped to his chest, and then a little zombie baby body taped yeah. around the back of his neck. I was a little zombie baby going, ah, eating the brains. It was, yeah, it was it was a fun time. Um, but yeah, so Resident Evil, it began development in 1994 by Team Horror, which is a Capcom um, development team mostly consisting of newcomers um, from the Planning Room 2, which was a studio uh, that Capcom owned that would eventually turn into Capcom Production Studio 4. And I know what you're thinking. Capcom is really good at naming studios. <laughs> Just one question. How many divisions do they have in uh, Studio Horror? I have no idea. Because I was going to say, was this part of the same development team as Darkstalkers? Oh, man, it might have been. And I really like Dark Darkstalkers. Because how funny would it be if they're just like, oh, we got to, you know, we're, or we got to make a new branch for our horror games. We got here, <laughs> we've got uh, Darkstalkers, but oh, you know, we're going to part off the new guys because they're not experienced enough to work on Darkstalkers for the horror thing. We're going to put them in this new thing called Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i love dark stalkers um but not resident evil as much but either way uh the game was produced by uh tokuro fujiwara who directed uh previously a game from 1989 called uh sweet home which is apparently a horror game 
Um, but unfortunately, it's not one I've ever dug into or played. Um, that sounds familiar for some reason. Sweet. I think it was on the Famicom, so it might not have even been a, like a U.S. release. But that name sounds familiar, especially within the horror genre. They might have actually done like an adaptation of that recently, to tell you the truth. Oh, that, I mean, I can kind of picture something on the PS4 that maybe has a similar name, but I don't know if it's the same thing. Um, but anyway, Fujiwara wanted like a, a, a horror game similar to that, um, but that would also surpass it um, because uh, that previous game was limited by the hardware limitations of the Famicom or the NES. Um, so it was uh, they got the director... Shinji Mikami, who had previously directed Capcom's Disney tie-in games like um, Goof Troop, uh, whatever else, you know. Tailspin. <laughs> I don't. Chip and Dale's Rescue Ranger. Did they have video games of those? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> the guy. Uh, who, the guy who worked I on think, the Goof Troop video game. Let's put you in like one of the. I think scare, like Capcom also games. did like uh, what's it called? Mickey's Magical Quest. Yes. Uh, which is a pretty good, it's difficult, but that's a pretty good platformer. Did I tell you that we had one of those come into my work not that long ago? Oh, really? I think I have that game for the Super Nintendo. And as soon as I came through, I'm like, why does this sound familiar? And I go online and go, oh yeah, because they go upwards of 60 bucks <laughs> off eBay. Hey boss, we're putting this one on eBay! <laughs> um, but yeah, underneath uh, Mikami was the team of planners um which they helped the general design of the game including the maps and the items and the backstory um so most of these planners joined the team like halfway through the development um because the development and like the just the general progress of the game was going a lot faster than anyone really expected it to um for example um the pre-production and the development of the game's engine was expected to take like 18 to 24 months, but they got it done in just less than 12 months. Um, so I think it was like 27 months altogether is is how long this game took to make, uh, which is crazy. Um, that's just that's literally a week <laughs> over half a fucking year. Yeah, it's it's not too bad that's and on top of that if you know anything about the japanese work week dear god that's like a year and a half in american terms <laughs> and i'm not being facetious when i say that that is like a year and a half in american terms. <laughs> yeah they they were real quick um the developers had actually gotten their hands on a playstation um six months prior to like starting the development of the game so they had already been like coming up with ideas and learning different tricks and things like that about the system um, even though they had never developed a game for a 32-bit console before, um, they still, like, I, I don't know, they figured it out quick. Um, they were first planning to release the game on the Super Nintendo, but, um, like, only a couple weeks into the start of the development of the game, they're like, no, let's just put it on the PlayStation, uh, we'll figure it out. But that kind of also caused them to, like, have to create a bunch of their own tools for it and stuff, but... Um, the initial plan was to have like a high polygon count with the player and several like AI characters moving through like a fully 3D environment in a first person shooter's perspective, um, using, uh, motion capture technology. 
but the proposal caused um, considerable strain on the PlayStation. So it, it was decided to like tone it down where um, like to save space, the 3D environments designed for the game were um, removed and replaced with like 2D renderings of the same scenes um, just from different viewpoints. And that's how you get that kind of like iconic cinematic camera angles that change as you play the game. So originally this game was supposed to be say like um destiny by way of graphic the graphics engine as well as like the graphic styling of like um the original mortal Kombat in terms of like the motion capture technology at the time well they weren't doing they weren't doing uh like digitized graphics oh okay i see what you mean they'd actually be doing like motion mocap suits to to do the, the like the character animations okay um so I was gonna say, so we we lost out on that just because or Sony didn't decide to up their graphics card by one more core. <laughs> I don't know. Like the PlayStation when it came out was already pretty crazy. You're not wrong. Um, so I don't. I, th I think if they would have gone any harder, it would have been unattainable to the most of the general public. You not know. Sure. Um, but yeah, with the technology they had available. Uh, the developers like they could only create like room environments instead of big open environments um, with a maximum of eight still images <clears throat> excuse me so this is where you get um like only so, uh, like so many rooms before like a loading screen or like so many different camera angles before you have to move to a different room and whatever um for example like the entrance hall uh, the staircases in the dining hall were all split into like upper and lower rooms so that it could only it would only have to load like part of the map at a time. Um, door sequences. Yeah, Just the door, door sequences. sequences. Yeah. Uh, it was intended for each enemy also to have like several attacks and um, that they could be outright avoided by you like tricking uh, the enemy AI. Um, they also wanted to use like traps and and stuff like that to kill enemies or to trap them somewhere, um, but it was decided there just wasn't enough time to like add all the the different mechanics and AI and whatever for this. Um, there so was... you were literally allowed to Scooby do this thing. Yeah, they were planning on having it like like real uh, integrated, I guess. Okay. What. Can can Warner Brothers actually buy Capcom like their distribution rights so that way we can have the directed video uh, Scooby Doo Scooby Doo meets Resident Evil? Not only can they, but I think they should, and not only because of a Scooby Doo Resident Evil crossover, but because recently Capcom uh, isn't doing a whole lot. Um, same with like Konami. Konami is more focused on like mobile apps and stuff now so because this in capcom aren't they doing um pachinko games no that's well maybe capcom is too but i thought that was konami i might be getting them mixed up so don't you know take what i say worth a grain of salt <laughs> we're we're pretty western americans i mean let's put it this way it's two different japanese company names that make video games and they both have k and an hard vowel as their next letter i mean we things well, get crossed guys. capcom is a c but i i know what you're i know what you mean sorry hard <laughs> the hard <laughs> um 
the hard cut coming soon to theater. <laughs> Sunday, 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 the hard cut. <laughs> UPN's big, big movie. Come on down to the Metrodome. Get yourself a kid, just five bucks. Kids are just five bucks. <laughs> monster Jam. Yeah, the title still works. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they had a similar mechanic planned, um, for the zombies where you could lure them towards like landmines, uh, and that, that they would eventually step on and like explode or like a, a mechanic where the zombies would be able to, um, like follow you from room to room, um, forcing you to like barricade doors and everything like that. Like they really had a lot of big plans that just could, didn't pan out. Which I'd say that still hasn't really panned out. The most, the only game I can think of where something like that you could do in game would probably be Skyrim with when you're fucking <laughs> around with the Draugr's down in the the crypt and stuff <laughs> like that. Be like, oh, he's coming for me. He's gonna get me. And oh, step down the trap. Here comes Spike Door <laughs> or Spike Wall. So. Oh yeah, that reminds me of uh, what was that horror movie where they had like a lot of like wooden spike traps, like in the uh, Wrong Turn. If you've ever seen any of the Wrong Turn movies. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so to go along with that cinematic feel of the game, um, Mikami pushed for a live-action shooting of the opening and several ending scenes um, written by uh, a guy named Iwao. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, as if any... Um... Wait, what? Uh, okay, so several Americans um, in Tokyo were hired for the project of shooting the live-action stuff just based entirely on their availability rather than any professional talent, which you might notice if you've ever seen them. <laughs> you were um, almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> yeah, and and pretty much everyone else on the project who wasn't booked as voice actors were then... Um, or wait, wait... Uh, yeah, so people who, uh, like the actors who weren't also the voice actors, were dubbed over, um, which made it like gave it really like a, a weird feeling, like it doesn't quite fit. Um, the opening sequence was filmed outside, at uh, at the bank of the Tama River, which led um, to problems with the actress for Jill, who was a teenage girl named. Um, Inez, uh, she was distressed over the large number of mosquitoes by the river. So, like, it was just like a day of hell during shooting. Um, the finished video was released in a variety of forms um, along with the game. And then, it like, uh, some versions of the game, like, kept the opening scene black and white while others had it in color. So it was just kind of like a mess a little bit. But I mean, it was still pretty cool. Uh, PlayStation was like one of the one of the early consoles to come along and and be able to play like full motion video. Um, yeah, what's that? No, I'm just fucking with her. I'm watching <laughs> it on the live stream as well as on YouTube. I'll send it. I'm just sitting here for two minutes, just, <laughs> just not moving. And then I and then I purposefully moved, and then I. <laughs> You are such a dork, dude. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, let's see. Uh, so yeah, they also like cut some scenes out. Like I think 
Um, they cut like a whole death scene out of some of the footage in some areas, and they cut out uh, the actor for Chris Redfield, like his scenes where he's like smoking. Um, and so it was like a really just inconsistent thing. But uh, it was still one of the first games to receive the mature rating on the PlayStation. So, um, interestingly enough, it was, the game was originally supposed to be called Biohazard. Mm-hmm. But then they discovered another video game, as well as a band in the U.S., uh, that was already called Biohazard. More so, what he means to say is, is that the original... Japanese release in Japanese, Japan, yes. it is the it series is, Biohazard. is called Biohazard. Yeah. But to release it in the United States here, they found out, ooh, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. Yeah, so um they had a competition held by the developers who um were all just like submitting names. Uh they had originally picked Biohazard out of about one to two hundred ideas submitted. Um and then they picked Resident Evil for the international name. And uh, that was submitted to the marketing team. Um, and the people in charge didn't really like the title Resident Evil, but they couldn't think of anything better. So that's just kind of how it stuck. Well, like we jokingly <laughs> referred to this, it's like, you know, residential evil kind of thing. Where... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, you know, depending upon which... Come I will on, give the title that. I will give the title that. No matter what country you are in, when it comes to a translation of the title, you know, a pedestrian evil, pedestrian bad thing, however it's translated and stuff like that, it works, even though it doesn't make that much sense. <clears throat> yeah, what does the name even mean? Excuse me about that little cough there. It, it, it literally... Oh, dear Jesus. What? How in nearly 30 years has it literally been the fact that I thought of this now makes sense? What's the first game about? The residents of a mansion? It's a poor translation. It's poor (laughs) translation of it's an evil house. (sighs) It's almost like deathbed the bed that kills people mm-hmm. level. guys <laughs> literally this title is this close to it literally being bad house or like if disney wouldn't have gotten involved they probably would have called it the haunted mansion here in the united <laughs> states um <clears throat> yeah i guess i could talk about the story a little bit if you'd like me to but i um didn't have enough time to really type anything myself about the story so i might just kind of breeze through some cliff notes in this article here i'd suggest you that i mean we all kind of everybody who's heard of even the resident evil games you kind of have an idea of how the game works yeah so i guess i'll just talk about like a little bit about the writing and stuff so the writing for the game um kind of was basically done in like two stages the early project created by mikami and a team of planners and then um later in development the the later parts of the story were created by um kenichi iwao in co-coordination with uh yasuyuki saga 
um, which they um, did like considerable like amount of changes and alterations and stuff when they took over writing duties. So it kind of went through a lot of changes. Um, the leadership wanted a game similar to Sweet Home, like I mentioned before. Um, but uh, they kind of gave like loose rules and let the team have some freedom. And um, so then when people came in to help finish up the game, they just went through a lot of changes. And um, I guess we're lucky that it turned out as good as it did, even though I'm, I'm personally not like a huge fan. <clears throat> that was close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> um, yeah, Mikami, the original writer, um, didn't really have much interest in like deep stories or like long complex storylines um seeing the story like seeing the concept of the story as just not much more than just like well it's better than nothing you know it's better than not having a story um which during pre-production it was kind of just more like a typical rpg storyline um just light on plot and just kind of getting you from place to place I never thought of the Resident Evil game as this, but it, it it literally is an RPG in a haunted house that's part puzzle game, shitty camera angles, and the <laughs> occasional zombie creature of some sort. I've never <laughs> thought of that, but no, that is literally all Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, so the game, um, I guess to sum up the story quickly, it was a team of four people, um, Beam Mercurio, Jill, Gelzer, and Dewey, who would investigate a mansion inhabited by paranormal monsters created by an evil scientist, and then they would search for um, for a good scientist as their overall goal. Uh, over time, ideas changed as to who these characters would be, and one idea was that they were would all be like civilian survivors of a plane crash. Um, but later in development, it became just four cybernetically enhanced special forces operators, which like, I guess it was the nineties, but just imagine this people, we were this close, this close to master chief's mansion. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Luigi. Master chief going to kick some ghost ass. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Capcom's executives, um, they they really wanted to uh, have more work done on the game, so they would like repeatedly ask for like more content, more things to be done. Um, which like the new writers that came in were just as opposed to the short, almost nothing storyline. So. Um, yeah, ultimately they uh, they put these new writers in charge and and it got done. Um, he reworked the story from the ground up, um, creating a horror story, which I guess it wasn't really horror at first. Um, yeah, but they replaced the ideas like cybernetic enhancement and all that stuff. So anyway, we ended up with a a pretty iconic game. Um. If it wasn't for the fact that they were able to implement objects into the environment so well, so there wasn't like the Hanna-Barbera effect where it's just like, 
Oh, what <laughs> wall is that about to bust out? Oh yeah. no, kind I of thing. Could be a slightly different colored square of rock in the side of the cliff or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Well, something about to come out of there, kind of thing. <laughs> or oh, that gargoyle right there that looks slightly brighter in coloration than the gargoyle on the other side. Is that about to come eat me? <laughs> if it, I think it really is that as well as just kind of the unnatural way that the camera angles are positioned. I think if it hadn't been for that, if it was just a straightforward game, like... Like a first-person or third-person yeah. perspective type thing? I think if they would have just done it like that, it would have been an, a better game to play, but it would have lost a lot of that atmospheric horror that they added to it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely... Sorry, it's definitely a game that's recognized like pretty much universally as being great. Um, unfortunately, I just I think I just missed missed my my time to get into it. And before I go on to kind of make my piece and talk about my experience with the game, please uh, let me take heed of the time code. I have to run and use the bathroom. I am so <laughs> sorry, man. No worries, man. No I'm worries. Sorry. I'm sorry, listening audience that are live right now. Um, or people that catch us on YouTube, unless he edits this out of the actual video. My apologies. I'll, I'll edit this out of the, the VOD, the video on demand here. So. Well, hey, if y'all uh, do 20 bucks a month, I'll piss into a jar and scream for you. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't he, he, he will not do that. That was just a joke, Twitch. Uh, he will not be putting any bodily fluids into containers on my channel. <laughs> All right, so Elmer's back. I felt when he's on that, folks. Uh, my own experience <laughs> when it came to the games, I never played the actual first game. Uh, but growing up, I had friends of mine who did, played a lot of 2 and 3, which is actually mm -hmm. where my introduction to the series was. Um, so the whole idea that the first game was actually set in a haunted house, or I wouldn't say a haunted house, but like a, a mansion setting with zombies, I was just like, wait, really? That's where this came from? Because I always knew it as... You're in Raccoon City fighting back the undead hordes with a nuclear weapon threatened above your head. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I always thought it was, too. And I think I think my first experience playing Resident Evil was on the DS. And um, talk about shitty camera. Angles, yeah, <laughs> no, and I and I was expecting, yeah, some sort of like shooter uh, thing. But then it was just all these like weird camera angles. And on the DS, that doesn't translate well anyway. But. Yeah, maybe I I don't know. I I wish I would have gotten a good introduction to that game earlier on, but oh, oh well. And I mean, after the fact, then I um, God, how old were we? we? Were probably what twelve when Resident Evil Four came out. That was then the one that I played a lot of. Oh, yeah. After the fact, and uh, no, I've got a lot of good memories with that game. Um, kind of put it more in the action horror genre instead of the more atmospheric horror kind of thing. Mm -hmm. which was then a slide that the series took from then on that basically brought it down to complete mediocrity, which, oh, <laughs> oh boy. That, oh, boy. Oh, boy. But um, I'll give it to it. Uh, how they kind of reinvented for their, at least for me, I know you're normally the one who talks about video games, but uh, <laughs> it kind of helped to usher in the newest, or the the next generation of um third dimension or like third person like mm -hmm. action games if you really think about it yeah you know, without that game we wouldn't have say um you know i'll say it we wouldn't have basically that controller setup that we have for the modern version of god of war we or probably like wouldn't have Uncharted. dino crisis 
Oh God, you! <laughs> I'm Sorry. talking about four. I'm talking about four. <laughs> I had to. You bastard! You know <laughs> we wouldn't have Gears of War. We wouldn't have. Uh, you know we wouldn't have. Uh, what do you call it? Last of Us. Just with the way that the camera's able to interact, where it's just right behind your back pretty much the entire mm-hmm. time. So while we can all, both scoff at the idea of oh no, hit X to not die. <laughs> at the same time, it kind of helped to usher in the modern era of gaming. I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's reasons I appreciate the game, but I just, I don't know, it's just not for me, but, um, yeah, anyway, um, how, how was the, how was the, the research on the movie, Elmer? Well. Oh, boy. Uh, so pretty much as soon as <laughs> the first game came out, a lot of film studios actually kind of looked at just kind of the success of it. And uh, throughout most of the 90s, people were trying to figure out a way to get back into sort of like that 1970s, 1980s sense of horror with like the zombie film. Uh, just because two things about zombie films that always just, I wouldn't say make them hits, but just kind of make them memorable. One when normally when you make them they have kind of an epic scale to them even with just a few actors because you think well if these people are already infected that means that on a greater scale for the rest of the world your brain kind of fills in the blanks in the sense of oh this is a greater threat than we know and it's much larger than the story that's being told around us simultaneously just painting your actors gray is a really good cost-effective way of saving budget (laughs) so um because of that, pretty much as soon as the first Resident Evil game started picking up a lot of steam, there were a few different studios that were kind of looking at, huh, maybe this would not be a bad idea to make a film. And especially with a lot of the influences that the original game had off of George A. Romero, um, Romero himself was reached out to by Capcom to direct these live-action commercials for Resident Evil 2 when that came out. And just kind of interested by just kind of what... He, Romero heard about like the games and stuff like that. Uh, I guess I should say for anyone who doesn't know, George A. Romero is kind of the father of the modern zombie film. He's the guy who directed the original Night of the Living Dead back in 1969, uh, Dawn of the Dead in 1978, uh, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead. Kind which... of shepherded a lot of whole, uh, whole, basically the entire genre is kind of on, maybe not quite his shoulders, but just kind of the style of just, you know, people trapped in a location being attacked from all sides by yeah. a different but could films. you imagine how much better this movie would be if he actually directed it definitely <laughs> i'm about to get there <laughs> like oh god so he directed these live action commercials for resident evil 2 which sadly were only shown in japan you can find them all on youtube they're not really great quality but at the same time they're really interesting ways of just seeing a legitimate established filmmaker taking their stab at doing a video game movie. The closest thing I can think of beyond that is probably Spielberg spins on different video game elements in Ready Player One, <laughs> which is a movie I never need to watch again. But at the same time, I can, it's you can see not the, bad. I just found it so obnoxious, but fair <laughs> um but you you just kind of see the flair and you can see that romero's having a little bit of fun and actually some of that you can see how he kind of rolled some of those ideas into his later uh zombie film land of the dead that he did in 2004 actually hmm. which um <laughs> we'll get to that um <laughs> oh so because of that he actually pitched a film idea uh i think they said like five scripts worth 
to um, some of his production partners who actually picked up the American rights to the movie. And they were like, eh, this is kind of what we want, but not quite. And apparently they were going back and forth between uh, one of the five scripts that Romero had and some other guy back in like 1998 wrote a script for the movie <laughs> that a lot of it they actually included in this. But oh boy. we're about to get to that. So after they deemed that Romero's film was going to cost way too much money, a then unheard of a 1999 $100 million budget for a freaking zombie movie, <laughs> which just wait until 2013 when yes. they made uh, World War Z, which, as I said, as soon as I walked out, well, that's one way to piss $200 million on your legs. <laughs> um, but uh, Romero ended up walking. Uh, so next they went after the guy who directed Urban Legend of all films. Oh, man. Which I'm so glad he didn't make it, because that guy had... No <laughs> uh, but after that, uh, after the success that Paul uh, W.S. Wushwisher Sauce Anderson had <laughs> with Mortal Kombat, and because he had a little bit of horror pedigree behind his name, which flopped at the box office when he uh, right after it when he did Event Horizon, um, he was kind of on the radar of Capcom when they're thinking, well, who are we going to have adapt our video game adaptation for this horror film? When they approached Anderson, this is the interesting part. Apparently, 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 yeah, <laughs> after in the mid 90s, around the time that he was actually working on Mortal Kombat, Anderson actually played the first Resident Evil. And he said in multiple quotes, he was inspired by playing that game to make, as he said, a complete shameless ripoff of a movie script. Oh, no. That he called... I think it was Undead. I think I think that's what it was. Huh. Sorry about that. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, wrote some random the script. He's like, no, no, no. I'm just inspired by this game. That's what... If I was to make a movie that was felt like Resident Evil, because I'm never going to make a Resident Evil movie, right? This is what it's going to be. So do you remember how I leaned over to you and said, what elements of this feel like a Resident Evil movie? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't remember. It's... The idea, then, that sold Capcom on letting Anderson actually have the, the rights to make this movie is he said, this is a prequel to the first game. Oh. Basically, he used his original script... All they literally did was just replaced a couple of words and names in it. <laughs> which was his original script to be a ripoff of Resident Evil, then got turned into Resident Evil, which is why almost <laughs> no elements in this game resemble anything to do with the original Resident Evil. <laughs> not to say it kind of makes your brain hurt, but it definitely does not make you... It, it, it may, if anything, it helps you better to appreciate the downward turn of modern cinema. Yeah, I... I don't know. They could have done so much better. I mean, definitely beyond hiring Miva jo Jovovich. Mila Jovovich <laughs> as the main actress to play a character that does not actually exist anywhere within the <laughs> She... Uh... Yeah, I think as we were 
thing we were naming off movies um that she had also starred in like fourth kind and the fifth element and you know this and that uh monster hunter and whatever we're just kind of like Man, was was the fifth element the only good movie she's been in? <laughs> yep. Sad. Sad. But um yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I Oh, and I forgot the one other thing. Uh so the composer for this film is the very famous and also as of now very canceled mu- uh musical artist named as Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah. Like right away, this this song in the movie is playing, and I'm like, man, this is a pretty good song. I mean, it doesn't le- fit the movie, but <laughs> I lean over to Levy and I just go, yeah, you gotta like how it completely fits the scene—a sequence where um, <laughs> these special forces agents bust through windows, tackle a woman and a dude in a button-up dress shirt, tackle them to the ground, and hold them hostage—a scene that could have been completely silent and still been effective. They put in what sounds like the heavy techno, the Slipknot cover <laughs> of the Robot Chicken theme is what it sounds like. Yeah, and like parts of it, uh, like, I don't know, parts of it sound like it could almost be like the new Doom soundtrack. The, yeah, no, we were joking about how it sounds like BFG Division when they're riding on yeah. the train. <laughs> yeah, soundtrack was great. Um, it They didn't use it correctly. Uh, like, it never really fit the scene, but... So this was a question I thought. You get Marilyn Manson involved this early in it. Marilyn Manson is much of a pain in the ass as he is in real life. He's not a... He's not a stupid person. Well, in some ways. He's but an yeah. idiot, but he's not, a stu- <laughs> he's not a stupid when it comes to career decisions. Yeah. Actually, no, he's very stupid when it comes to career You know what I'm saying. <laughs> So he gets involved with this film to do the soundtrack with a game or, you know, music for a movie based off a very popular video game, which if you kind of look at his lifestyle and his interests, I could see him being a fan of the game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do you think partially inspired by Rob Zombie making House of a Thousand Corpses a few years earlier, but not being released until this uh, two years after this actually came out? Could you maybe see Marilyn Manson thinking, oh, if I get in on the ground floor now to do the music, maybe down somewhere down the line I get to make my own Resident Evil movie? I don't know. Has Marilyn Manson ever really tried to get into film? Yes. Oh, boy. See, I don't know much about him. Besides no one the, knows what this movie is because this movie is pretty much unreleasable. Oh, boy. So that's why it's like, could you see him maybe plotting out in his head, guys? Well, if I get my one experimental film out there, maybe then I get to make my own Resident Evil film, though. Possibly. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to make any assumptions. But, but either way, let's assume. How awful do you think that probably would have been? It would be very uh, <laughs> worse than this movie. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. So like the this movie, they kind of you get through almost like half the movie before things start to even make sense, or like before you can really start following anything. Right at the moment when they're about to unlock all the zombies, I realized something. I said, "Levy, pause the movie and look at the timestamp." 
We hit it, and it was almost exactly at 35 minutes in. And I turned yeah. and looked at Levy and said, do you realize we are now 35 minutes into this film, and we have we have seen all of one zombie so far? Yeah. Uh, and that brings me to the, uh, another thought I had, a realization during the movie, is um, this movie has the same problem that um, if Doom Annihilation had, which if you've seen that is... Um, it's bad, but where, where this the setting doesn't change. Like the whole time, they're just in this under, underground bunker, and it's like just hallway after hallway after room after hallway. And it's there's no, there aren't enough changes in the things happening for you to really like remember key points, and and it, it kind of makes everything blur together in I, a way. I mean. It's the simplest thing you can do because you kind of tease it out earlier. The entirety of this film, they are running down industrial hallways and areas where there is like electrical, mechanical, or just like equipment, like large scale, like industrial equipment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They tease earlier in the film that they're in an underground laboratory that actually has offices because you actually see people walking around in offices. Yeah, they say that people live and work in this underground facility. But How much more would it have cost? But how much more effective would it have been if they actually would have shown the heroes, oh, I don't know, fighting zombies in a goddamn cubicle office? <laughs> right. How much, how much more would that have cost, but how much more effective would that have been? You're literally standing in, like, um, you know, an office park. You know, there's a shitty mug sitting here just saying, I hate Mondays or some crap like that. Right. And they're, like, hooking it at zombies as they're shooting at them. Yeah, if if they would have tried to do, like, a, a horror comedy uh, with this movie, it would have worked so much better. It's To really lean into... I mean, my God, some of the... Best moments of this work goes in full schlock territory. <laughs> Mila Jovovich spins kicks zombies to death. <laughs> it's pretty great when that happens. I, I mean, a dude gets cut into tiny chunks by a laser grid. If you're not laughing at that scene, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's there's some just ridiculous cheesy stuff. I think one of the things that really bothered me was um Garfield turning two eight to a uh one thing that bothered me is like when the they shut off the electricity to something to like I don't know to accomplish something unlock a door or whatever and shutting off the electricity unlocks all the doors that these people are contained in. When it's like in reality the power would be used to unlock the door not to lock it so when they lose power it wouldn't unlock the doors and so like oh that's a little bit of like a continuity issue whatever but, but... do you remember what my argument was when we realized that do you remember what, what i said was well it happens for two reasons one evil corporation and two plot uh plot yeah and then what was the next thing that oh yeah uh they're locked in this room and uh the the lady the main character um takes a like a needle from a syringe and she's trying to unlock the door so she there's a a card reader to open the door she shoves the pin into the card reader and finds some sort of switch in there and pops it and the door unlocks and like 
That's not how magnet strips work. <laughs> you laugh now, but when I go to Target tomorrow after work and I pick the uh, the card reader, the credit card reader to get free whatever the hell I'm buying, the PS5 and the 70 inch TV with my heroin needle, we'll see who's laughing last. <laughs> yeah, I I know it's just like a stupid um thing that they're just like we'll just put it in the movie as this and and people won't know the difference some of us do and it really bothers us (laughs) so i'm not even nitpicking when i ask this but this is the i had this realization today just thinking back on this movie people have been complaining since 2005 uh, sorry not 2005 uh 2015 with the star wars films that ray is a mary sue through and through that the fact that she has no training whatsoever in those films, she knows how to fly a ship, she knows how to work a lightsaber, she knows how to do this, that, and everything. They've complained for years, seven, almost seven years now, they've complained about this character. Yeah. My question for you, where the hell was all this vitriol and pissed offness with fucking Alice in the Resident Evil films? Yeah, because she has amnesia. But... She's a genetically engineered amnesia victim. Yeah, and she apparently has some badass thighs and roundhouse kicks. Um, and then there's this, this thing that happens throughout the movie. I know Elmer remembers this when, like, every once in a while she like touch someone and like have a flashback <laughs> glimpse of something she remembers. And for about the first forty minutes of the movie, every time she has a flashback, it's a sex scene between her and and her James Pierfry hu- husband. Yeah. James Pierfry, who I I said to Levy earlier, I said he looks like like the lap he looks like the reverse career of Hugh Jackman when they first came out in the same era in the late nineties. James Purefry was the healthier looking one of the two, and now James Purefry looks like the heroin addict version of Hugh Jackman. It's just like, whoa, it's like yeah. But yeah, so like every flashback for a while is just a sex scene, and so we're like, just is is the only thing she's going to remember going to be sex scenes. And so Elmer was saying like, yeah, she, you know, touches some other guy and it's a memory of her having sex with him. And then she, he, she walks into a room full of zombies and has a flashback of like an orgy with all of them. Or... Orgy full on train going on in the cafeteria. <laughs> oh yeah, that was fun. This, this was a fun movie to um criticize and make fun of together definitely because here's the thing i've seen this movie multiple times in the past dear god 20 years now and to say that oh that hurts that hurts 20 years now this this movie has existed yep this is probably the most fun I've ever had watching it. I hate it. I I wouldn't even say I hate to say it. I I enjoyed rewatching it, considering yeah. all the worst things I've seen since the last time I saw it, which was probably when I was living out in Pennsylvania. So and well, yeah, like the I saw this when I was young, like not too long after it came out, um, and I just remembered not liking it. And I and I think the last time I watched this was with you when we were in high school. So. And I know I didn't like it then, but yeah, rewatching this, like I knew what to expect going into it. And so I think we just had a lot of fun with it. No, definitely. It, um, yeah. I also think just kind of knowing what we have ahead of us with the rest of the series, we're just like, Oh no. <laughs> oh God. 
yeah well we're we're eventually gonna have to get to the the other resident evil movies i think there's is there three or four of them left that we haven't seen there's five more five in this series two cgi animated that are unrelated unrelated and then of course the movie that snuck into theaters last year that no one knew existed everyone went oh netflix is doing a resident evil anime this is gonna be awesome and then all of a sudden we just hear oh my shorty this thanksgiving resident evil welcome to raccoon city and people went so when you say animated is it like um hand-drawn animation type stuff or is it like the the beast wars reptile for mortal Kombat animation that they used for the movie <laughs> are you talking about what came out previously to this or are you talking about the new stuff that's coming to netflix soon? um the stuff that came out previously to this you like, know how in this movie like the yep yep the main thing was just like this really badly animated which I leaned uh, over to Elmer, or Elmer. I'm Elmer. But I leaned over to Levy when that thing popped out with the liquor that comes out in this. And I leaned over to him and I go, well, it's good to see that the people at New Line let Anderson keep the <laughs> keep the reptile CG graphics to use. Yeah, from Mortal Kombat. Either that or he just went, eh, we can just use the PS2 effects. What's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't remember. There was just like so much ridiculous stuff that i found so hilarious but now that i'm like trying to think of it i'm having a hard time well because it's literally just people walking down a hallway yeah yeah for 40 minutes before the first <laughs> time he comes i mean i'll give them the gal getting her head chopped off by an elevator i mean that's just I mean, oh that's yeah <laughs> yeah that was great <laughs> lady's trying to crawl out of the elevator and she gets stuck and then it goes up and chops her head off. That was pretty badass. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's figure out, Elmer. Was this movie a bop or a flop for you? This hurts somewhere between a urinary tract infection and tonsillitis when I say that. For the first time in my life, I'm going to actually say this movie is a bop. Oh, God. I have hated this movie for 20 years. But (laughs) this time around, as an older, maybe not wiser, but at least an older individual. (laughs) Definitely not wiser. On top of that, somebody who is not able to really watch the film today for reasons that, unless you watch the pre-show, you have no idea about. Yeah. I actually had a lot of fun with this, and I can see where some people have had fun with it in the past. By just shutting my brain off and thinking, this is just a love letter to kind of that era of action horror games, like, say, the original Doom, uh, Quake, I can see some influence in this, House of the Dead, and even Resident Evil. I forgot to mention the uh, the the connection we made to Stargate with oh, this God. with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching the movie and he's going man this this you know um this like film signature or whatever he said it was like the film stock to it yeah it, it was like looks really familiar like what was also like shot that looks like reminds me of this and i was thinking like it looks like a like a stargate tv show type 
um, like cinematography and lighting and just like everything else. And then uh, Elmer's girlfriend goes, oh, yeah, well, he's from Starcraft and she's from Starcraft. And oh, it was shot in Canada, too. So, <laughs> yeah, no, they shot it outside of Toronto, a.k.a. the stomping ground of, uh, well, Stargate. <laughs> yep. So the juggling said to Levy, I'm just like, you know what? I think. If you were a registered Canadian citizen, you at some point popped up in Stargate SG One. Not as an actor, not if you were an actor. I mean, like just random citizens. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I think um, I think if you know what you're getting into when you watch this movie and you watch it with a friend like Elmer here who you can kind of just like criticize and poke fun at, I think this movie is a bop. But for all realistic purposes this movie is a flop um well tell that to its box out it more than doubled it the one of God, the, the what first a time a video game movie ever made its budget back so i'm God, that's so disappointing I'm, I'm gonna say this movie is a flop even though i really did enjoy um the experience i had with elmer watching it um but yeah yeah, you got anything else to add here, Elmer? Ah, oh, I just thought of something, and I can't quite remember what the hell it was. Um, oh, boy. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll give you a chance to think about it. Um, We are currently planning to be on a friend of ours podcast called uh, Thor's Hour of Thunder. We're going to be talking about... Um, some a game that's related to a show we'll we'll give more details um before that happens but i think that's being planned for march mm -hmm. so uh we'll keep you updated join my discord which you can find links here for on twitch um to stay up to date with that otherwise um i'm sure we'll talk about it again in a future episode okay i just remember what i was gonna bring up so just yeah. when i brought up earlier how there are no characters in this film like character-wise, that resemble other than, of course, Jason Isaacs, who is has like a, just a quarter of a second character in this. No character in this actually resemble anyone from the video game at all. Yeah, yeah. There's no Chris Redfield or the character of Alice in this. Completely made up for it as being this super badass character who then later in the films turns into like this super powerful psychic god creature. Almost, I realized. The character of Alice is the female Neil Breen. <laughs> For people out there who don't know what Neil Breen is, just just Google search Neil Breen um, best of real and you'll learn pretty quick what Neil Breen is. Neil Breen is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take over and hack the world. That's what the Resident Evil films are. They're, they're big budget Neil Breen films. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Um, okay, next time we the next time we watch another one of these, we, that's what we have to come into with as is this going? This is a big budget Neil Breen film. <laughs> so what should we do next, Elmer? Oh shit! Uh, so many games. Fuck. Um. Oh shit. <laughs> I. Uh, we could always do um we could always do one of the dooms or monster hunter or we could do the 
Final Fantasy 15 Kingsclave movie or well, I definitely don't want to do two Mila Jovovich films back to back. Yeah, I mean, me either. That oh. sounds like a urinary tract infection waiting to happen. Wait, wait a second. House of the Dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to get it over with, or do you want to try to do a better movie first? Dude, that's not. That's not like ripping off a band-aid. That's like pulling the plug on grandma, <laughs> man. Yeah, that's oh. a bad one. Um Oh god. <laughs> did you pick this one or did I pick this one last week? Uh I think we both kind of mutually agreed on it. I think I like gave two options and you're like, I'd rather do this one. And I was perfectly okay with it. Okay. It pains me to say this one, but we might have to do it. Oh boy. I think it might be a good impasse there. It's a good one to just tear off and get over with. Yeah. It's one that is kind of historical in and of its stance from both that this wasn't, it was on consoles, but it was not originally a console game. Yeah, arcade. Arcade. And on top of that, I think it would be good because there are some people, there is a little bit of talent behind it. Okay. Okay. What do you say that we finally do the end of the 90s era and we get double fucking dragon over with? Ooh. I would much rather do double dragon than house of the dead, but eventually they both have to get done. Um, I think I'd rather rewatch a Serbian film than watch House oh, of the Dead. Again. Don't. <laughs> Hi, Twitch bot. <laughs> okay, we'll do Double Dragon. Um, but before we get going here, um, I just want to thank uh, we got Born Psychotic um, followed during the stream. We have Bungalow Bill, who not only followed, but um got his six month resub so thank you bungalow bill i'm glad you were able to stop by um for anyone that doesn't know if you're an audio listener there should be a link in the description for this episode to my twitch uh, it's twitch.tv slash levy we're live here almost every sunday with the podcast um but i also play games there and stuff um you can find the link to my discord there and everything like that um otherwise uh you can try to find us on youtube we appreciate that or um if you just go to uh patreon.com slash game link you can um subscribe there help support us um send me questions i'll read your name off on on stream and everything and um you'll also get access to our q a's which we do um every week after stream if we have enough people i know the holidays kind of took our viewers down for a little bit but um and also yeah. for anybody that's listening now um or watching now as well uh we're trying to think of what would be a good one to do for valentine's day so if you guys can keep uh you know kind of give us some suggestions what a good video game uh movie as well as game for that would be i keep telling him we need to do leisure suit larry and then just watch two hours worth of software porn but <laughs> uh i don't so first of all i don't even think we can play any leisure suit larry games on twitch um 
we might be able to walk, get away with some softcore um, on here, though. But <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay. We we talk about Leisure Suit Larry, and then we do like three or four of the National Lampoon <laughs> direct-to-video stuff, yeah. like the Naked Mile, Bandcamp, and uh, well, whatever the hell they call some of the rest of those. Or well, history, whatever it's called. I'll think about it. And by I'll think about it, I mean no. <laughs> no. Um. But yeah, anyway, uh, all you listeners on Twitch, stick around for a little while. We're going to be um, doing like Q&A stuff and talking to you guys. But um, everyone else, audio listeners, YouTube, um, thanks for watching. We'll see you um, next week. Stay safe. Stay sexy, guys. <laughs>